We're under the microscope this evening and uh, we're speaking to the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa, ICASA, who are inviting interested stakeholders uh, to make written submissions in respect to the draft amendment customer care standards regulations for postal services licensees. Now, these include the South African Post Office and, uh, of course, many other courier companies as well, one would think. And according to ICASA, it seeks to bolster monitoring, enforcement and compliance with customer care standards as provided for in the regulations. Now, these uh, standards would cover, among other issues, accessibility, visibility, languages, and, of course, uh, reports on grievances and complaints received, both those that have been resolved and some of those that have not been resolved. Dr. Charlie Lewis is my guest, and uh, she's a counsellor uh, at uh, ICASA. Dr. Lewis, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening, Ayabonga. Only a pleasure. Happy to talk to you. Yeah, man, sorry. I thought Charlie was a, was a lady's name, but uh, we'll, <laughs> well certainly work with that. We'll work with that, Charlie. We'll work with that. Uh, but that being said, uh, let's maybe start off here. I mean, you know, the, this kind of regulation, was it there before? Or are you, I guess, you know, making an extension, an amendment to an existing regulation? If so, uh, how has it panned out before? Well, it is an amendment to an existing set of regulations. Obviously, mm. as a case of the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa, one of our areas of oversight looks at postal services. Mm. This particular set of customer care standards has been in place since 2012. Uh, it applies, uh, just a slight correction to your early introduction, it applies specifically to the post office. Mm. So it's the post office set of services. It's the only licensee in that sector of the market. The standards, as I said, have been in place since 2012, and so that's nearly 10 years down the line. And mm. we thought it was really time we needed to take another look at them, see areas where they could be tightened up, where they could be approved, improved, um, in order to protect the customers, ensure the interests of customers at the post office are catered for, um, to update procedures and update areas that we needed to cover. So that's the process that we're going through now. Mm. Now, now, many people, I guess, who ran with this particular story throughout the course of the day were highlighting, you know, how the set of standards or whatever customer code would emerge from this process would effectively mean that people spend less than 10 minutes in queues at the post office. Now, I'm a customer of the post office and I can tell you, uh, Charlie, that um, I certainly haven't uh, had an experience of spending less than half an hour in many of those queues. Um, so, so how is this going to happen? And uh, I guess, you know, how, how are we going to deal with some of the really chronic issues at many of our post offices? Well, first of all, you must be aware of the fact that we regulate the post office in relation to postal services. I know the post office also provides a number of other services, in particular uh, social disability grants on those particular days of mm. the month. And unfortunately, they're not a licensee of ICASA when it comes to that. So our area of intervention, our area of oversight is really in relation to postal services. The standard that we've set in this set of draft regulations, and it's not a new standard, suggests that there should be a minimum or maximum queuing time of seven, minute, seven minutes and that the person in charge of the post office, whoever that might be, needs to intervene if the postal services queue is longer than seven minutes. So I understand that there are many times and areas where customers may well end up queuing for longer. 
but they have now a standard that we can hold the post office to, and they have a set of channels through which they can complain where these standards are not met. And we do urge customers to complain in relation to the set of standards. Obviously, mm. they will go through a process to finalization. This is a draft. Um, once they finally gazetted and updated, we would certainly urge customers to complain in the first instance to the post office. And sure. one of the provisions of the regulation requires that those addresses, contact details and procedures should be on the wall of the post office mm. for all customers to take note of. So they can complain to the post office in the first instance. If they're okay. not satisfied with those complaints, then there's an escalation process that would take the complaints back to us and we will examine, act and intervene where necessary. Okay. Dr. Lewis, I want us to pause here for a second. Uh, we'll continue with our conversation okay. on the other side of uh, the spot break. Thank you. Nine minutes it is, of course, before 9 p.m. We're under the microscope with Dr. Charlie Lewis, and he's a counsellor at ICASA, and uh, speaking to him about the draft amendment customer care standards regulations for postal services licensees, and maybe that's a nice way of just saying the post office, because uh, I guess, as uh, Dr. Lewis has said to us, uh, there's no other postal services licensee except the SAPO. Now, it's quite interesting, Dr. Lewis, that you know this particular set of regulations will cover post, because I don't know, I guess since I was maybe sick, the last time I you know, bought a postal stamp or anything like that, I was probably six years old in the 90s. Mm. Uh, but of course, the, I guess the profile of the kind of post that the post office has been handling has changed over time. Yes, they still you know, make sure people receive their UNISA material. But even that has changed a considerable amount with uh, the advent of e-commerce. Indeed. I mean, the post office is a changing market, a changing environment. And I obviously can't speak for the post office and their kind of business plan, but it's very important that an entity such as the post office needs to adapt um, and move with the times. You know, they do have the largest or one of the largest networks of offices and premises around the country. They are one of the places where people in particularly the poorest communities, the remotest rural communities, depend upon for access to communication services. So the post office does play a very important role in our society today and um, going forward. It's very important, therefore, that we as the regulator need to exercise oversight over the kinds of procedures, the kinds mm. of processes, the kind of standards that they follow in relation to dealing with customers. That's our role. Yeah, yeah. Other questions, of course, are around accessibility and visibility. And I want to maybe touch on the accessibility issue. Uh, mm -hmm. You have a very wide sort of network of uh, uh, postal offices across the length and breadth of the country. Uh, but, of course, the que questions of accessibility might be, you know, uh, for people with disabilities. It might also be, I guess, for, for many people who um, geographically live outside of where they might be able to access postal services uh, mm -hmm. in the broader sense of the word. How, how does a regulation like this deal with some of those issues? Well, it requires, for example, post offices to provide access to their premises 
for people with disabilities. The mm. regulations themselves don't specify in detail how this must be done. I think that would be a little bit of micromanagement. But they would therefore need to provide wheelchair entrances, uh, ramps for people in wheelchairs, assistance to people with disabilities. They mm. secondly would need to deal with older people, the elderly, who often frail, struggle to access the services. And so the regulations require them to make provision for such people to be able to access the services and to make use of the services. Thirdly, or another area, is in relation to language. I mean, yes, you and I are conversing in English, but that happens to be only one of 11 official languages in the country. Mm. And so we're requiring post offices to be able to converse with customers in their particular area in the language of the customer's pre uh, preference. Uh, it's a very important requirement in terms of particularly for people who are disadvantaged, uh, the poor people in remote rural communities whose command of English may not necessarily be um, as good as yours and mine. So post offices need to be able to speak to the customers in the language that the customers prefer. So that would be another area of visibility. We've also mm. required post office, for example, to put signage up on major routes leading to the post office so that people can find yeah. the nearest post office. And if a post office should close temporarily, permanently, or re relocate for any reason, they need to put up signage mm. that will tell customers where they can then go subsequently, either on a temporary or a permanent basis for their postal mm. services. Dr. Lewis, maybe I guess, you know, we unfortunately have a few minutes left. Um, and I want to maybe sneak in this question, uh, because I guess <laughs> as the regulator, you might be able to help me think about this. I've gone to a lot of post offices, um, both in the Eastern Cape, I would say also in, in the Northern Cape and, and also in Gauteng. And what seems to be to be common just across the you know, spatial divides of uh, our society is that be it you going to an affluent area or even a poor area, there's one characteristic about all of the post offices. There's a seeming underutilization of space. So you go there, even if you go in there just for post. You go there and ideally, if there's about nine, you know, kiosks where you can be served, mm -hmm. in most cases, you're probably going to find one in operation. And this has been something that's been going on for the last, I guess, decade or so. Yeah. Have you had similar complaints? And more importantly, I guess, in the thinking around the turnaround of the postal authority, is there a sense of how we can put that underutilized space to some good use, especially in communities where that space is needed the most? Look, yes, I mean, you make a very valid point there. But I think a lot of that's going to depend upon the business plan and the marketing mm. plan and the rescue plan that's necessary for the post office sure. in order to make sure that they actually do make a viable business case, that they can mm. provide services. And it's not only, as you said, the last time you bought a stamp was many years ago, and I'm the same. You know, we mm. all deal with email, uh, WhatsApp, and all of those kind of things these days much more commonly, you know, but the post office has a network and they need to make sure that they exploit that network to provide mm. services to customers who are demanding the kinds of services that they can latch onto as part of their business plan.
but that's not our area as the regulator. Yeah, no, for um, sure, for sure. They, they need to sort that out. Our focus here is on trying to deal with the consumer protection and customer service issues in the post office to set mm. a proper set of standards and to hold them accountable to those standards sure, in the delivery sure. of their services. Yeah, might be worth, I guess, checking in with the team at the SAPO because I think in relation to that question, there's a lot of other question marks around the future of post uh, and how in the world of e-commerce where, you know, the South African post office locates and positions itself uh, in relation to many online stores and, you know, the entire yep. value chain of e-commerce as well. But uh, Professor, uh, Dr. Lewis, it's been a real pleasure catching up with you and thank you so much for the lessons, I guess, in the licensing of postal services. Um, yeah, still the only licensee. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Awesome stuff. Thank you very much. Dr. Charlie Lewis, the counselor at the uh, Independent Communications Authority of South Africa. Now, I'm never a fan of privatization. Though. I mean, that's just me, right? But yeah, the only licensee for postal services in South Africa. Now, postal services is not just sending that believe or anything like that. I mean, it's a lot more now. But the only licensee is the South African Postal, sorry, South African Post Office. Hmm? No, guys. No, 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 no. I think, I think there's scope for us to do a lot more. There is scope for us to do a lot more in this space. But we're going to have to leave it there, uh, folks, this evening. 9 p.m. is the time. Uh, we're back with you again tomorrow, same time, same place. The man with the music is with you from 9 right through to midnight. Your soulful accompaniment for the remainder of this evening. Have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Ukiwa gombona kutubela na kubana ngoko siya ibanga. Lei kononi.